live right now. Merry Christmas. Welcome <laughs> back. Whatever time you're watching this. 90 through 81. Uh, last week was fun. I watched one of the movies that somebody put on their list. Not for me. I'll still watch Hugo. Um, but, <laughs> oh, so you watch Tintin. I'll, I'll take I'll still take Hugo over it, even though they're not even close to the same movie. Um, last week, if you guys were watching, which I hope you were, uh, this was the ones that were yikes previously. Cam having a lot um, yikes. Um, Bar having a lot of yikes. <laughs> All by me. Saying, um, we're good. <laughs> we don't like your crappy movies. All right. So the show's going to work how it is. Uh, now we're going 90 through 81. So if you have it in future episodes, they'll let you everybody know. If they have it in the same episode, they'll let you know. But it still works the same way as every other show. Bottom three. The middle is where everybody gets to fight a little bit or say, I've never heard of that movie. And then we trade one apiece once we get to the top three. Bar, you want to kick it off? Give us your 10, your 90, 90, 89, and 88. We're going to be very on brand for me this episode. So uh, my, num- my number 90 is You Can't Take It With You. No, Didn't yikes. think so. Uh, my number 89 is It Happened One Night. I Didn't am think shocked. So. <laughs> uh, my number 88 is The Umbrellas to Cherbourg. I am really not shocked. <laughs> that is the most Andrew Barr list of three movies. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So... Take us through it. Very on brand. Okay, you can't take it with you. It's this really great, like, family comedy, like, class versus class kind of comedy. Um, it's got James Stewart in one of his funniest roles. It's based off of a Pulitzer Prize winning comedy. Um, it's so much fun. The The fireworks scene is amazing. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's Lionel Barrymore. Um, just so charming in this movie. Uh, okay, it happened one night. Uh, wow, this was a movie that was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, the great thing about this movie is like the snappy dialogue uh, in between people. Uh, there's at one point one of the main characters falls and uh, like literally lands on the guy's lap and he goes, Ah, next time bring it, folks. Uh, it's the it's got those quippy Andrew Barr kind of comedy from the 30s that I really like. Uh, and the umbrellas of Cherbourg. Uh, it is just this beautiful, beautiful visual masterpiece of a film. Um, the colors and the cinematography are just pop. They're absolutely astonishing. <coughs> and it's got some of the best music I've ever heard. Um, I Will Wait For You is just a just chef kiss of a, uh, of a song from a musical. And it's a French film, which is very on brand for me. So that's my number 88. Um, okay, so there's going to be a new rule on your list. So I can't <laughs> say the word chef's kiss anymore. Um, I hate that expression. Um, okay, so we'll start with uh, You Can't Take It With You. Um, I'm not a hunter, so I haven't seen this one yet. Um, I'll probably watch it. It's got James Stewart in it, so I'll give it a shot. I mean, that's always You would a, like that movie, I think. Probably. Um, I'm walking through some, but not... Uh, Crazy, it wasn't on 1938, wasn't on your 30 years. So. No, no, it is 38. You're right. 
Yeah, you're, I'm looking at it. Um, the next one is... It Why are we still night. talking about this six months after the fact, guys? <laughs> it's crazy, right? Pre-recorded or not, I'm still going to bring things up that piss me off in the past. Six months? Um, it's been that long? It's been forever. Uh, same reason these actors, and it, it, it happened one night, they would be talking like that, too. Um, yeah, I haven't seen this one. It's one on that list of classic movies you hear about, but just haven't watched yet. I this think next movie... The director for you. This next... I'm gonna be honest with you. I've tried to click on this thing twice now. The title alone makes me no, never want to click on this thing ever. <laughs> that is not a scream movie at any point in time. No, the, um, not a movie. So you know what? I'm gonna pass on that. I'm gonna take your opinions and not listen to any of them. Um, but thank you for that. Um, we're gonna move over to Mike. Maybe some movies I've seen this week, but we'll find out. Give us your 90, your 89, and 88. Okay, my number 90 is David Fincher's The Game. My number 89 is Hot Fuzz. Yikes. Yikes. Gotta figure. <laughs> and my number 88 is They Live. I think that might be in the same range, actually. Let me... Or did I remove it from the list? Nope, that's a yikes for a couple weeks, actually. Ooh. Okay. Okay, so I am... You were going to talk about David Fincher's The Game. Game. Okay, so The Game. Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. It's got crazy shit in this movie. It's like if Willy Wonka wanted to play a fucking game, this would be the game he would play. You got people jumping off of buildings. You got people jumping into dumpsters, you know? You you got crazy... You got psychedelic shit going on in the fucking house with fucking Jefferson Airplane playing in the background. You got a creepy-ass clown looking at him the entire time. It's just got some crazy fucking nonsense in this movie, you know? But it's fucking awesome. It is an awesome fucking movie. Michael Douglas is amazing. Sean Penn is amazing. And this name's fucking Conrad, for Christ's sakes. I love the fucking name. The name is fucking great. How could you not love the game? Now, I'm not going to give away the spoilers for this movie, because if you haven't seen it, it's a crazy fucking ride. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> it is a crazy ride. The game is very wild, and I, I, I don't know if I'd have it on my top one hundred, but everybody should at least watch it once in their lifetime. I think because um, it's it's out there. That's for sure. Um, okay, uh, we're going to Cam. Uh, Ninety, eighty-nine, eighty-eight. What do you got? Uh, all right, my number ninety is the Stanford Prison Experiment. A shock. Uh, my number 89 is Little Miss Sunshine. And my number 88 is 500 Days of Summer. Alrighty then. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, number 90, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Uh, the other day, Caleb Coho called me a sadistic monster for having this on my top 100. And I don't. I think it's just a movie where, like, if you know the true story, you constantly think just, how in the world did they let this happen? This is insane and something should have been done. And then you watch this movie and it's like, I still, for the life of me, have no idea how they let this happen. But it's really interesting to just see how wrong people were in making decisions around this terrible, terrible event. It's really compelling. Uh, I think I think it's Billy Crudup is the lead and he's fantastic. Ezra Miller is great in this movie. Uh, it starts my boy Johnny Simmons. That's what Barr was saying, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's just, I think it's really well made. It's hard to rewatch over and over again, but I think for a one time watch, it's fantastic. 
Uh, my 89, Little Miss Sunshine. A few weeks ago, uh, words were thrown because I had not seen this movie and we were having a discussion about movies from 2006. I watched the next day and man, I love this movie. Uh, the entire ensemble is fantastic. Steve Carell is great. Alan Arkin is great. Uh, Paul Dano is probably my favorite performance or character in the film. Uh, Abigail Breslin is an adorable, charming small child. Um, I just think it's really great. It's really funny at moments, but really heartfelt. Uh, just really enjoyable. And then number 88, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, it's a great, like, love... Like, the tagline specifically says, uh, this isn't a love story, it's a story about love, which I think is sort of exactly how to sum up this movie, where it's the story of these two people who were in a relationship where one still is in love with the other and the other isn't, and you see how the relationship progressed and then deteriorated. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fantastic in it, Zoe Deschanel is fantastic in it, uh, the expectations versus reality scene is so well edited that it's like, it really shows like the thought process of someone and what they believe will happen versus like how things actually turn out when they have hope and i think it's just a really really great movie with a great screenplay i really like it fair uh stanford prison experiment um i've never seen the movie i've watched a documentary in school they showed it to me um and it's don't. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's a nuts experiment. Uh, I don't want to watch a movie based on it because I saw the real people go through it. Yeah, so, it's, it's messed up. Like <laughs> it's messed. So I don't. I honestly tell you the truth. When they put it in, when Cole was typing it up, I was like, they made a movie about that. I didn't even know they made a movie about it. So that's kind of crazy. I don't know if I want to watch it, but that's fair. I just love when this community finds new movies like you and Boatman now, you and Coho uh, have now found Little Miss Sunshine, so that's now the hot button topic. Hey, it, hey, movies. as we learned six months ago, it's higher in Coho's top 100 than it is in mine. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, I, like the, I like the movie. I just, <laughs> I get it if you saw it for the first time. I saw it back in like 2010 and I thought it was, I thought it was good. It was good. I don't think it... Uh, this is one that's kind of on my list that I've never seen. I've just never seen it yet. Um, I've heard things about it. Certain people in this community like it that I don't like, I think. And I think that's why I've never watched it. There's one very notable individual, I think formerly of this community, who really liked this movie. Okay, I think so, that might yeah. be it. That when I hear things, like when people like stuff that I just I don't like, I'm like, eh, I'm going to pass. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, fair. I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it just like I did Ten Ten and come back next week and say, "Hey, you're an idiot." Uh, but we'll see that moment. Uh, let's pass. Nazario, what what effed up childhood movies are we going through this week? <laughs> the first one, number ninety. It's a yikes from earlier. Actually, is the Little Chapel Horrors. We're gonna keep yikes in that. <laughs> okay. For a while. I guarantee you'll get to be able to talk about this next one. Go ahead. Eighty nine is Amores Perros. Alejandro González no. Okay, and number 88 is eh, Los Amantes del Círculo Polar or The Lovers of the Arctic Circle by Julio Medem, another Spanish director. Hmm. Nothing? Yeah, great. <laughs> Amores Perros has been translated kind of like Love is a Bitch, but it's not really that what it means. It's close, but not exactly. It's the first story uh, made by Alejandro González Iñárritu, who became uh, real famous later on. Uh, with the Revenant and Birdman and Babel, yeah. All movies I like less than this. 
uh, and, and 21 grams, which is actually pretty good. This movie is about intersecting stories. It's very Tarantino-esque in the structure, uh, but only in structure because the meaning behind it is very different. It's three separate stories that are all just met together in one car crash that unites the lives of those people for one minute and changes them completely in every direction. If you haven't seen this movie, look for it. Uh, Gabriel Garcia Bernal, it's uh, one of his first movies that's really great. And number 88, uh, Lovers of the Arctic Circle. Uh, you guys know what a palindrome is? It's a yeah, word that yes. starts and ends the same and you can read it the same both ways. Well, Julio Medem tried to make a palindrome of a movie. Even the name of the characters that are the lovers in the movie, Anna and Otto, are palindromes. It starts Fele Martinez, who was in the excellent thesis that I recommended last week, and you probably should have seen, and Nashua Nimri, which is also a, a very famous European actress, as a pair of lovers who kind of never find the time correctly to be together and end just the way they begin. It kind of like a really, really, really better version of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button without the goofy side So if you like romance, I really recommend this. And Julio Medem is a great director. He also made Sex and Lucia, which is also pretty great, but didn't make my top 100. Oh, man, I'm about to rip you to shreds. I've never seen these movies. Um, I'm glad he put lovers in the Arctic Circle. I wouldn't be able to pronounce two of these. So great. I'll check them out. Probably not. Um, one's a short <laughs> film, you said, right? It's you not, said it's one's not, a sh- no, it's not a short film. It's a regular film. Just 90 oh, minutes. Shit. shit. I thought you said short. Yeah, you it's, it's not a short film. It's just a short film. You had me, <laughs> then you lost him. I can do I can do 20 minutes. I don't know if I can do a 90. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Well, the gloves are coming off. First person you get to punch, bar. Here we go. Give us your 87. Uh, this is probably going to be the weird one out of all the ones I mentioned today. This one? Yeah, well, not weird, but like the most out of place out of all the ones I talk about this week. It's uh, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Okay. Uh, uh, don't make that face, Nazario. Uh, so this is just one of those movies that it, I just enjoy watching so much because like – for some reason, the comedy really connects with me here. I'm not the biggest Will Ferrell fan. Um, I I respect him in some movies, and then other movies I find him just, like, really annoying. Um, but this is the sweet spot for Will Ferrell, in my opinion. Um, this is... This has got just an all-star comedy crew. Uh, it's so many quotable lines. Uh, a great story... Um, a lot of really funny cameos and just really funny sequences. The news fights, uh, the news team fights is great. The bear fight at the end is kind of funny. Um, and uh, yeah, this uh, this is uh, a movie that I keep leather bound and smells of rich mahogany. Anchorman. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, it is one of my favorite comedies. Uh, very quotable. Um, the second one's atrocious. Um, it's really bad. This one, they should have just stayed at this one. I think everything, like, it just was a funny concept, and it was when Will Ferrell was still funny. Um, so it has everything for me. I think the entire, like, news I, – I honestly think Ron is, like, the like the B-tier player in this because I think, yeah. like, Paul Rudd, Steve Carell, all of them are way funnier than him. Uh, 
I mean, they literally push Veronica Cornerstone inside of a bear, <laughs> and then he jumps down to try to save her. Bear um, fight. It's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I. And then they do all the funny things, which I laughed really hard when they said all these people went on to do this certain stuff, and then they came out with the second one, and all that stuff didn't matter anymore. So that was cool. Um, it was funnier when they just made up things instead of showing us their actual lives. But no, Anchorman's a great movie. Uh, guys, why do you hate Anchorman? I oh, think it's no funny. witches. It's no witches. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it's funny, but it's no Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> I mean, that's facts. That's a fact. That's a fact. Anyone else? Well, it's Mike? a pretty good fucking movie, you know. <laughs> like Ooh, that's only, that's only like three and a half stars from Mike. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> I, you know, um, I never got attached to this like a lot of other people because I just don't get attached to Will Ferrell unless it's Elf for some reason. Some not enough defecation reason. in this. Exactly. Movie for, for <laughs> not enough raccoon attacks. You know, uh, I really like this movie. Uh, Steve Carell's Brick is probably my favorite part. Uh, I just... I don't know. I've never like loved this movie, but I do enjoy it. Uh, you guys are putting me in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> I love Lamp, right. but I don't love Anchorman. <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's see. My number 86. Yeah, my number 86 is the only Christopher Nolan film I have on my list, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that is The Prestige. I might have that. Give me a second. Uh, well, yep. Give me a second. It's going to get real easy when we get top 40s. Yeah. <laughs> there is. Yeah, no, he does not have the prestige. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I thought I had... Okay. Um, so, The Prestige. It's my favorite Christopher Nolan film because I just really... I don't know why I just really love... Placing this kind of story in this kind of time period just really works really well for me. Um, because especially, like, the setting of it all just works with that kind of mysteriousness and that question that just floats throughout the entire movie. Um, it's, it's a movie that just whips you one way, and then you think you're going another way, and then it takes you another way. And you're along for the ride the entire time. I think this is prob I think this might be my favorite Hugh Jackman performance. Um, it's probably one of Bale's best performances, and, uh, honestly, just the mystery around this movie, it's so intriguing. It's such a great watch, and it's, I think it's Christopher Nolan's best work. It's my number 86. 86, Nolan's best work. That'd be hot takes in this community. I know, right? when Christopher Nolan made great films? <laughs> Me too. Prestige is one of them, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> Dark Knight was another. Can't really tell you another one beyond that. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen the one that came out in the summer yet. I'm still waiting for watches if that actually ever hit. But uh, this movie's fantastic. Um, I think it's weird that you said like it's one of Bale's best performances. It's kind of hard to like point out many Bale performances that are terrible. Yeah, um, oh, maybe that Ford v Ferrari that you think is hot garbage, um, but it's hot fantastic. Um, the Prestige is good. Uh, I think I'm with you. I think this movie wouldn't work if it wasn't in the time frame that it was set in or like all that. I think it, every element to this movie makes it a success. If you change one part of it or do something different, I don't think it works. So no, I really like the prestige. I think it's great. 86 is a little low, but okay. At least it's on the list. Three of you didn't have it. 
Um, what we're waiting for Dunkirk to show up. Well, we'll talk about that later. If it does show up. I think I had it at one point. That's why I was confused, but I had to remove it. I had to make some space for witches, so it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Magicians uh, and shit. It's a great fucking movie. You know, I love it. <laughs> That's it's fine. A great movie. It's just those movies. If you had a six-star rating, it'd be up there. Um, uh, I, I like. You would say I like movies about magicians. I have a different one on my list somewhere. <laughs> Oh God! If it's got horsemen attached to oh it, I'm gonna. It's the one that came out the exact same year. Is it the Illusionist? It's not the Illusionist. God no. We'll move okay, on. Okay, so eighty-five. All right, uh, my number eighty-five. I know that some people in this community are going to be really annoyed that a movie by this particular director is here. I don't care. I think this movie's absolutely brilliant, and it's Chinatown. Okay. Um, Chinatown is another one of those, like, it's sort of like the prestige for me, where the mystery and just, like, the twists and turns that it takes, it's just really interesting. I think this is uh, a very strongly uh, acted movie. I, what I also really love about this movie is how smart Geddes is as a character. He genuinely does little things that are very smart, like when he puts the watch under the car just to see when the car backs up so he knows what time the person left. It's those little details like that that make Chinatown such a really interesting one. one you can keep going back to... I think this movie is absolutely brilliant. So I, it, I, it may be a little low on some people's list. It may be a little high on other people's list. But I think, I think Chinatown's just brilliant. Um, in the universe that we're recording, I still haven't seen it. Hopefully by the time this airs, you can check my letterbox. I'm hoping to watch it. It's on my voodoo. I should watch it. I just haven't watched it yet. Um, you guys didn't have it on there either. Um, why not? Haven't seen it either. Oh my God. Haven't seen it either. Oh, Jesus Christ. There. Jack Nicholson and Broken Nose. I like it. I like this movie a lot. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty good fucking movie. You know? Oh, God. That's still three and a half stars. Funny enough. <laughs> For some reason, I have seen the two J's. Huh. Weird. Weird. Okay. Uh, let's now we're now we're back to Barville. So go ahead, Bar. Um, hit us with your eighty-four. Okay. Uh, well, we are back to uh, the standard bar pick. Fiddler on the Roof is just an amazing watch. Like, Norman Jewison's direction of this film is fantastic. It makes this small story seem really epic in scale, which makes it a lot more relatable, honestly. Um, and uh, the best stories for a musical I've ever seen. It's probably my favorite written musical uh, when it comes to uh, oh. And I'm back. Yeah, you're back. Great. Uh, everything went dark for a second. Uh, it's what, yeah, it's one of the best stories of a musical I've ever seen. Um, so I think the the combination of all of those plus Topol, uh, plus Topol's performance as Tevia, as one of the greatest characters in musical history, um, I, this is this movie is solid. I 
th- I love this film. Meh. <laughs> Meh. It has one great song. I will sing it till the day I die. I wish I was a rich man and dance around my house because I really wish I was a rich man, but I'm not. And Fiddle on the Roof is meh. It's, this is one I get. It's, a, it's an average musical at best. There are people that love it. There are people that don't. I'm in the camp of don't. Um, does anybody else sing If I Was a Rich Man? If not, why is this not on your list? If, if that's the one that goes... If I was a rich man, na 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 Not the Gwen Stefani song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did a little bit closer to the Gwen Stefani one than the actual. I have not did. seen this movie. Fair, Mike. I haven't actually seen it since high school, so I can't really comment on it. I do not remember it. <laughs> it's not ranked. Go ahead. I mean, it's got characters named Hotel, Motel, and Laser Wolf. What do you want? Uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm aware I'm mispronouncing all of them. No, uh, I like the story. Uh, Topol is not my favorite. Uh, Tevia, I think Zero Mustel's original stage performance is perfect. Uh, I kind of agree with Cody. There's the one great song, maybe to life as well, but not a huge fan of it overall. All right. All right, everybody, get ready. We're back to Defecationville. We're going Mike's list. What has he got at number 87? Okay, 87, I have the best family drama, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) (laughs) On anybody's list? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay, so how would you guys like to have a picture taken of yourself and then threaten to be stabbed if you do not pay? Huh. Great, right? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> he stabs himself, takes a picture, and runs off. No, but see, you know, everyone is afraid of Leatherface, but the dude is cool. He just wants some Halloween masks for next year. Can you fucking blame him? He just wants to put fucking faces on his, <laughs> the faces on his face. Who gives a shit, you know? He's great. This family is fucking comical, man. They have a scene at a dinner table where the entire family is trying to get their almost dead grandpa to hit this girl on top of her head, and he can't fucking hold the hammer, so they keep giving it to him. He keeps dropping it like an idiot. They keep giving it back to him. They can't fucking kill her. She gets away. She goes on a chase with Leatherface. Leatherface is fucking, you know, chainsawing and up with people. It's, it's fucking greatness in this movie. There's so many great kills. Unfortunately, a handicapped dude does not fare well in this movie, unfortunately. But it's a two-story house, so, you know, of course he doesn't. And then, <laughs> and then the ending is one of my favorite endings of all time in a horror movie. I'm not going to give it away, but it is such a great fucking movie. If you have not seen it, see this movie immediately. Mike came to Christmas to get my show canceled. Good fucking lord. Happy New Year. This movie's terrifying. This movie scared the crap out of me. Because I think 70s horror is one of those things that is shot. Coho's here to save the day, finally. Thank you, Coho. Um, <laughs> your job's a lot harder than it actually looks like. I can't focus on it long enough. Um, no, this movie, I think 70s horror is shot like it's real. Like, it looks, this movie looks like it's a home movie. And it's terrifying for me. I thought the one, the remake, was fine. But I think this one had the gritty horror to make it look like it was a real life family doing this to people, and it's 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 terror. It's the closest to like a snuff film that you can like. 
that had production value behind it. Uh, I'm not a horror fan. I probably will never watch this movie again. Um, I think if I do, I'll have nightmares. But it was 10 years old, and I will. Oh, my grandparent, grandma showed it to me, and yikes. She said, you like horror movies? I was like, yeah. No. <laughs> um, I think that's what made me a pussy. Uh, anybody else on Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And please do not bring up the handicapped person. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I haven't seen this movie, but uh, Mike, you sold me on the biggest laugh riot of the 1970s, so definitely going to check out this Chuckle Buster. Yeah, he sold it like it was a comedy written with Jack Lemon in it. It's not even grown. <laughs> you know, there's an old guy who can't hold a hammer. It's hilarious. Uh, I haven't seen it, because I'm me, and it's all... It says Chainsaw Massacre. It's a great fucking movie. It's just too bad that they took so long to make a sequel... And then the sequel was batshit, and then they took another while, and the third one is not so great, and then they bring Matthew McConaughey and Renna Selweger and ruin the whole thing. But that one, the original, it's really good. It's like 120 in my list. I don't know yeah, what you heard, it, but so. Mike Hanley did not sell this. You think the second one's batshit? How <laughs> he told us the first one clearly is. <laughs> I mean, this this is okay, but the second one, though. <laughs> Like one's the yeah. greatest screwball comedy of all time. It makes Billy Wilder look like a hack. All right, what is your eighty-six? Eighty-six is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yikes! Kind of figure. What's going on? Okay, give us your eighty-five. Eighty-five is going to be yikes. I know it. Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, let me check my list. <laughs> You know, it, it uh, was my 101. <laughs> I thought about it. It was my 11. <laughs> okay. so Behind the Mask is a great slasher movie, and but it takes a new approach to it. It does a mockumentary style. It has the three basically documentarians following around a guy named Leslie Vernon who is going to be killing this survivor goal, as he calls her, with her group of friends. Now, in this universe, Freddy, Jason, all of them are real. They're all real. He talks about them like they're real. He wants to be a legend just like them. And then you get to the movie and you go, what the fuck am I watching here? Because it's so fucking crazy. It's, these people watch as he stalks this girl. They help her stalk, help him stalk this girl. And they don't do shit about it. Because they go, we're not going to interfere with you. They get to Zelda Rubenstein with a great cameo as a librarian. They don't give a shit about her. They're like, yeah, you want to kill her? Go ahead. Fucking kill her. We don't care. Then by the end of the movie, they're going to go, you know what? Maybe we should be helping these people out. What about her? Why did they fuck her over? But they want to save these dumbass fucking teens. Now, okay. In general, <laughs> this movie is so fucking fantastic. It is so funny. The way he, they approach Leslie Vernon as a character is great. I just love his interactions with everybody in this movie. Robert England has a part as basically a new Dr. Loomis, which is funny as hell the way he approaches it. And they have a little showdown at the end, which is great. And it turns to take it by the third act. Everything gets turned on its head. It's an amazing third act. I'm not going to approach what the third act is because you got to see it to fucking believe it. But it is a great fucking movie. I'm not sure this fucking movie's real. <laughs> I think I just got like flip it. I looked it up and I said, this cannot. And like, oh my gosh. 
I, I said top 100 favorite movies, didn't I? Or did I say top 100 <laughs> batshit crazy movies? Because if that's the way you're doing it, you're probably going to win the overall show. But man, I'm looking at this thing like, what the hell? No. No. I won't watch this. I'm sorry not to offend you. No. Everybody else, I get Well, one person probably seen this. Nazario, tell me what this movie is about. I have not. And Mike, I want you to send me where the hell can I see this? <laughs> Shutter. Yes. I was about, to, I was about to ask the same thing because honestly, this sounds really interesting. I kind don't of support want to see him. This. No, I'm gonna support him, Cody. You're not my real dad. <laughs> like, go back into your garage and work on your bicycle. Like, oh my gosh, I can watch really this on Amazon Prime right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's an hour and 30 minutes don't do it I haven't seen it and I'm with Cody I'm not going to watch this movie <laughs> I'm loving this thing tonight go to your 84 <laughs> hopefully it's a movie to 84 I have Peter Jackson's The Frighteners nice didn't figure it would be on anybody's list but you know this movie is fucking fantastic i this is an early peter jackson movie right before he gets into lord of the rings and it's so fucking incredible <laughs> michael j fox i've i have a very big connection with michael j fox i've connected with him since i was a little kid because i was actually named after the dude i love fucking michael j fox anything he's in i will watch and i'm most likely love this guy is awesome in this movie and but He's such a terrible fucking driver in this movie. Jesus fucking... This motherfucker hits everything. Every time he drives, he either drives off a cliff twice, he hits a fucking fence, he drives through mailboxes. This motherfucker can't drive worth a shit. But besides that, it is basically about him being a con artist of a paranormal investigator. He, him and his ghost friends decide to con people out of money by having his ghost friends go into people's houses, pick up beds and shit, throw dishes take babies and fucking chuck them around. And <laughs> it's, it's fucking, they have babies that have flown around with these guys right holding them. It actually it's happens. Hilarious. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And it has one of the best performances by Jeffrey Combs after his batshit crazy 80s movies that he does. Jeffrey Combs is psycho. He's a, His backstory in this movie is he's a sex slave to Charlie Manson's family. <laughs> okay? It's such a fucking crazy concept for this guy. And he plays it so great. He He's this guy that he cannot be yelled at by women, otherwise he throws up. It happens once, but it's so amazing to see. And you have... The greatest villain ever. I'm going back to Jake Busey from Contact. Really? He's in this fucking movie as Johnny Bartlett. He is so batshit crazy. It's him and E.T. E.T.'s Elliot's mom, D. Wallace, as a batshit crazy lady with Jake Busey fucking people up. And it's amazing. They go through a hospital and they kill a bunch of people. He ends up dying, being electrocuted, and he comes back later on to fucking raise hell on Michael J. Fox. He it keeps is. the same murder count that he had when he died. He kills yes. people as a ghost and keeps the counter going. It's amazing. And he does it by putting it on their heads. He carves it into okay. their heads. It's great. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did something for me that I've been thinking about for a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> Peter Jackson is not a great filmmaker. The motherfucker just got lucky. 
stumbled across Lord of the Rings and made the rest. I think the rest of his stuff is terrible, and you did not help him sell me on this one. I think what you're doing to Bar is like, oh, maybe I need to go check these movies out. For me, I'm I'm staying away from your. I think I'm unfollowing you on Letterboxd right now. I'm not even sure if I want to continue this life. <laughs> Like, I looked at the pictures of this movie, and I'm just like, oh, God, no. Miss Ariel. Jake Busey, creepy face. Second appearance on Mike's list, and amazing each of the two times. Also, if you like Ghostbusters and you like Michael J. Fox, this is the perfect mix for you. And I took a girl on a first date to watch this movie, and I got laid. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the greatest compliment the movie could have. <laughs> I'm never. I'm not even gonna make a follow up on that one. Uh, Bar, what do you got? I I've never seen this movie, but I I'm so confused if I want to or if I don't. This is the most. That shit sounding thing I've ever heard, and you opened it up with the fact that Michael J. Fox can't drive. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that led this entire yeah. Like, I'm I'm so confused. Like, I don't I I don't know if I just want to keep this movie a secret just to keep like this review of it in hey, my mind. Just think of Marty. Just think of uh, Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. Don't ever think he acted beyond that. You'll be better off. Um, Cameron, you have not seen this movie. I guarantee you're probably not going to watch this movie, but I just need you to verbally say that. Mike, (laughs) can you just, like, give me a conservative estimate of how much of your list is horror so I know when to tune out? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you got about probably good 40%. Lovely. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna have some very different lists, Mike. <laughs> that's what. That's why I created the panel I did. I knew that we'd have some symmetry and then Mike and then you. It would be perfect. Okay. Um, was that your 84? Yeah, that was my 84. Oh, thank God. Cam, uh, <laughs> last week I was with you. This week I'm uh, not enough shitting. Uh, 87. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a very on-brand Cameron Holzman pick. Uh, my number 87 is Sky High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about it. I've never talked about this movie before. Yeah. Uh, look, this is not like a perfect movie by any means, but I love it. It's <laughs> a f- I know, shocker, right? Uh, I think it's just a really fun, different take on the superhero movie. Uh, it's a great coming-of-age film, which, uh, as a still teenager, coming-of-age movies are kind of my bread and butter <laughs> to a degree. Uh, I also have just like a very special place in my heart for this movie. This is one of the first movies that me and my best friend watched together, uh, and we're just like had a great time watching this movie. So there's like sentimental value, but it's like really fun. It's got a great sense of humor. Uh, the side characters are all super memorable. Like, you've got a kid whose power is that he glows in the dark, but he's really charismatic and you really, really like him. Uh, you've got a kid who just turns into a puddle. You've got a girl who can shapeshift, but only into a purple guinea pig. Like, like it's just so weird. Uh, Dave Foley as All-American Boy, also known as Mr. Boy, is fantastic. Uh, 
Patrick Warburton voices the villain uh, who in their human form is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which is a really interesting way to do things. Like, it's just a really fun movie. I really enjoy it when I watch it. Uh, and it's it's got a great story. And also, War and Peace is a really cool na- character with a really cool name. I was born in 1991. I'm not the right age for this movie. Yes, sir. Nope. They may sure. turn people to babies. Yeah. I'm real <laughs> stupid. And in 2000, they did a movie called Boy Genius or Baby Geniuses. Still stupid. No. Kurt Russell's good in it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This movie's all right, but honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it was a prequel to Mystery Man. Hmm. That would have made this a little bit more interesting, actually. Uh,. This mo- first of all, why were bi- why was movies with babies such a big thing in like the early two thousands? I don't get it. Um, but I loved this movie when I first saw it, and then I rewatched it recently, and it really dipped. I don't hate this movie, but like, it's weird. It's not even that really pleasant to look at. It it doesn't. It you no you would think for like a, this superhero movie that's a coming of age movie and it takes place on this one in this wonderful fantastical school that it would still be interesting to look at. It's such a plain looking like I I don't it Mike. You said the golden Mike, it's name. It's got Bruce Campbell in it. Kurt Russell. <laughs> And Bruce Campbell. It's a great fucking movie. I love the hell out of this movie. I did it. (laughs) I just love that Barr sitting back here and be like, they didn't get the right cinematographer for Sky High. Okay, we'll remake it. We'll get get Deacons in on it. We'll get Deacons in on it. And then... (laughs) Disney knew what they had with this movie. They didn't try too hard. They turned people to fucking babies. Shut up. Uh, my number 86, sticking on the Disney live action train. My 86 is National Treasure. Yeah, There's no, no cool. yikes. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> you know, this is uh, just a great, like, quintessential adventure movie. Uh, it's iconic. Nick Cage. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, I've been watching this movie, like, over and over since I was a kid. Like, this was one of the few DVDs that my aunt and uncle had at their house, so whenever we would go over, I'm like, I'm going to watch National Treasure again, and I would watch it over and over and over as a kid, and, like, it still holds up 15, 20, like, 15, 16 years later after it came out. Uh, Nicolas Cage is legitimately great in it. Uh, Justin Bartha as Riley is fantastic. Sean Bean is a great villain. Uh, John Voight is great as his dad. Uh, it's got great twists and turns. Uh I don't care about American history because I'm not American. This movie actually makes me kind of interested in American history. So there's that. Uh, I'm not a commie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just a really fun time. Great twists and turns. And the sequel is really cool, too. But I decided to just pick one. And I picked this one. I am American. And this movie fucking slaps. 
This movie made me think there was a freaking thing on the back of the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> and I was about to storm the Smithsonian. I'll tell you that much. Um, no, I think this is great. I think this movie is fantastic. I think... Um, <laughs> USA, USA, USA. I just... This movie shouldn't work. But it works in the best way. I love both of these movies. Um, I don't think they're five-star. I'm not going crazy, but they're both four-star movies. John Voight is, I think, me as, like, a grandpa. An old man, man, like, fucking treasure, idiots. Like, he wants to just tell them that you're wasting your fucking life. You need to go do something else. But, like, the whole twist and turns, the whole mystery behind it, the solving of the puzzle, I think it's just so cool. And I think this movie, I think the only thing that loses it is actually when they find the treasure and it goes to that point. Everything leading up to it is so great. It's just that's the only part that I'm just like, now I'm bored because I, they solved the puzzle. I don't care anymore. Like, that's my, but I think this movie's great. Well done. 86, sure. Fine spot. It could be higher. Um, Nazario, you're not a bear. You, you probably don't I watched it, like, I watched it once. I watched it once. I liked it enough. I, I learned that there are three Statues of Liberties. I do not see that making it in a top 100, but sure, have fun. Dude, it is Nicholas This is Sean Bean. I love this fucking movie. Rage Cage all the way. <laughs> Yo, this movie fucking slaps. Uh, honestly, start to be hip bar. <laughs> I think that's trademarked by Sir Coho. <laughs> uh, no, but this movie is so much fun. This movie, honestly, would probably make my 125. Uh, my dad, uh, I love American history. My dad taught. Uh... <laughs> this, is number, this is number 11, guys. <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> my dad taught politics in high school, so he actually would show this to his class. Um the, yo, this movie, this movie is so much fun. I really do enjoy it. I, I hate the fact that it's not on my list, but like once again, guys, this is number eleven. This is the number eleven. Oh, <clears throat> wow, they got me. Um, go to your eighty-five. Uh, my number eighty-five is Juno. Not surprised. You know, uh, <laughs> Tony's just gonna leave after every one of my. Picks. Tell me about it, home skillet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. See, Rosario is essentially giving exactly what I love about this movie. <laughs> this movie has the weirdest screenplay ever written, and I love it. It is just so weird and quirky and strange, and I love it. Uh, that ain't no etch a sketch. This is one doodle that can't be undid. Home skillet is one of the greatest lines in cinema history, in my opinion. Uh. Michael Sarah, I think, is fantastic in this movie. Ellen Page is great in it. Uh, just the amount of sarcasm and snark and apathy she fits into every line, where it's like, your shorts look extra gold today. Go, Carol. And it's like just those little moments that I love. And then it's got this like great dramatic through line uh, with the actual main story. Uh, J.K. Simmons does great as her father. Uh, Jason Bateman is absolutely fantastic in this movie. I just really, really enjoy it. It's very funny. It's got a lot of heart. Juno. I saw this movie once. Then I was going to say, hey, I told my wife, I said, you like Juno, don't you? She's like, no, not really. I said, oh. Then I never watched it again. 
That was fine. It's passable. Um, 07, right? Movie release dates. Is that right? 07? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. You're right. Stopped. Fine. Uh, why do you guys hate Juno like me, I guess, or just didn't, thought it was okay, too? Honestly, it's one of those – this is going to sound so weird. It's one of those movies I've never seen all the way through, but I've caught like bits and pieces of it on TV. And I enjoy what I've seen, just not enough to make me go, I need to watch this movie entirely. Like, I love J.K. Simmons in this movie, uh, in the scenes I've seen. Like, oh, I didn't even know he had it in him. Like things like that, but I, it's just it just never interested me enough to want to watch the whole thing through. I like the movie enough, uh, but it it does feel like Diablo Cody was still finding her her voice when she wrote that screenplay. She was testing, pushing things here and there. She has made so many scripts after that: Jennifer's Body, Tully, Young Adult, all of those better than Juno. But if you like it, you like it. I hated this movie the first time I watched it. I really did. But then it has grown on me over the years, and I now enjoy it. J.K. Simmons is amazing in this. And, you know, um, it's just a fun movie. I enjoy it for what it is. You're probably on movie 6,000 in December right now, Mike. Um, <laughs> has this been a part of your rewatch or not? Uh, it might be later. <laughs> it might be at some point. Okay, just check it. 84. Uh, yeah, my number 84 is Stand By Me. Yikes. All right. There we go. There, Kim. Now I the just have to put gone. 80s movies on my list, and then I don't have to talk. <laughs> That's All right, formula. Rosario. Let's okay. See. Let's go. 87, right? Correct. This is 1984's The Karate Kid. Yikes. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> 86. <laughs> This is a movie that I watched the first time and I didn't like, but I watched again, I like a bit. And the more I watched it, the more I enjoyed it to the point that I actually love this movie. It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) There's going to be a fight live on camera right now. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. This movie is so weird. It's It's kind of pointless and insane. And... Yet, it makes a great musical. I have seen it on stage. I have seen it on the movies. And the more I watched it, the more I enjoy uh, Brad and Janet's story. The night that they get a flat tire and they run into the castle of Dr. Frankenfurter. It's the music with the scenery and the choreography. And to be honest, the interaction because it kind of gains the public. And you learn the stuff. You know when to scream at the at the movie. You learn when to, you know, interact with it in a way that it just it's just fun. And my wife watched it twenty times before she liked it, but she liked it. <laughs> so it's gotta have a spot in my top one hundred. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Tim Curry is the best Frank Frankenfurter that I've ever seen. So I, uh, I've I've done drama for a good chunk of my life. I started in like 2007, and I directed up till 2013. Um, I hate the show Glee for more reasons than one. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be a fight, and the, the, there's no insert because me and my wife are currently actually rewatching Glee. But 
There's a reason why I hate it for the simple fact is they did this musical and I directed during that time. And if I heard Time Warp one more time, I was going to ram my head into a wall and kill myself. This movie, at best, has fun songs. It does. The overall, this movie's terrible. This movie is terrible. This musical is terrible. I like Curry because I think it's very hard to not like Tim Curry. Like, his the sweet transvestite song is still, like, his overall acting performance in that is great. The rest of the movie, I don't care. It is overhyped. It is more of a shock value musical than anything else. Like, it's just like, oh, crazy. But I don't, don't get the love for it. 86, it's pretty much bottom. I'm not going to hate you for it, but, like, man, you think the Karate Kid is worse in eyes than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Um, so, so are we going to bar first or last? I'm going to save bar. I'm going to go to Mike first. Then I'm going to go to Cam. Then I'm going to go to bar. So... Mike, what do you think about this? This has got some outlandish stuff in it, some crazy <laughs> things. Why is it on your list? I will say I don't know if I hate or love this movie. I can't fucking tell. But the meatloaf scene is fucking incredible. I will watch that scene over and over because it is so bad shit. But I enjoy this movie for what it is. I do. Kim. Okay. Tim Curry, phenomenal in this movie. My biggest problem with this film, and I feel like Barr will agree with me here, is that as a theater-going experience, if you go to one of the interactive screenings of this movie, yep. it's fantastic and it's very enjoyable. But if I were to sit at home and watch this movie, I don't know if I would be able to finish it on my own. I think that in terms of legitimate quality... The, like, 2016 made-for-TV remake of it is better in terms of legitimate quality. They do the music better. Yes, they don't have Tim Curry, but the music is better. Adam Lambert's fantastic in it. That's my issue with this, is that as an experience, it's great. As a movie on its own, it's not. Is that the one with Laverne something as the Laverne main? Laverne Cox, yeah. Nah. Bar? <laughs> Hi, Bar. You put Yankee Doodle Dandy on your list. Give me. <laughs> you put Fiddle on the Roof. Give me give me time. I'm ready for my cousin. Okay. <clears throat> First of all, Cameron is absolutely correct. Like, if you need the group experience to make your movie work, it's not a good movie. And here's the other thing about this movie that I really don't like. It's, it's the structure of it. Like, the guys who made South Park gave a speech to, I think it was a college class. And one person asked, how do you make a good story? One of them said, you tell a story by going, this happens, therefore this happens. And because of this, this happens, etc., etc." A bad screenplay is this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens. That's what this movie is. It's just one crazy thing piled on top of another crazy thing, piled on top of another crazy thing. 
with no logic, no sense to it. It's like a German art house film that's a, that became a 70s cult musical. I can't stand this. And I'm with Cody. If I have to hear how Time Warp is one of the greatest fucking like musical numbers of all time, I'm I'm going to punch my hand through a window just so I can start bleeding out and black out. I like touch me and the ones they sing in the pool in the end don't dream it be it a lot better and you didn't say anything that was wrong or bad about this movie it's an insane thing but it's fun all the way through hey bar let's do the time warp okay uh, go to your 85 it's okay. okay bar it's just a jump to the left 85. Man, I can't do the rah. Go ahead. 85. I got David Fincher's Alien 3. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, my God. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> All right, go on. <clears throat> this is far from the worst Alien movie, guys. This one... <laughs> I actually, it's the first one I got to watch in theaters. I was 11, 10 or 11 years old when my dad took me to watch this, and I found that amazing. True, I haven't watched the first two when I watched this, but I really enjoyed the claustrophobic feeling of it and just the, the visuals and the look of the story. And I really like the inventiveness of Fincher that he was the first one that decided to, you know, make the xenomorph turn into an animal different than a human. He did it with a dog. He originally wanted to do it with an ox, but it ended up being a dog, which gave the, the alien the more like animal quality, which makes him more faster, makes it scarier. And I really like the way that they dealt with Bishop, the android, and the, the twist in the end when they are trying to trick her. I didn't like that much in retrospect when I watched uh, the earlier movies, the fact that they actually killed off a couple of great characters in between, but I understand that wasn't really like, um, that was more of a studio thing, a casting decision. But I think the guy, for a first-time director, brought everything he had to the table and made a very solid good movie. And it gets a lot of crap. It gets a lot of crap that it doesn't really deserve. Watch this movie again, and you'll see that it's better than a lot of the rest of the movies in this franchise. Okay. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll start with this one. Um, first of all, the original Alien better be no, you won't. back. Shut up, Bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alien Three higher than the Karate Kid. Um, did you despise the first two movies? Because I honestly changed you out. I didn't hear a damn word you said. Because those first two movies. Different. You can like one. You can like them both. You can like one or two. I think they're both great. Then this one, this should be Mike's on Mike's list because Fincher <laughs> comes along and defecates on Alien. <laughs> Literally, you're. I'm. I hate the argument. This is my not the worst Alien. Well, okay. Doesn't mean you gotta watch the rest of them. But everybody went in seen Alien. Aliens, and then see. Well, of course, I would have watched this one. The other two were fantastic, and then this happens. I couldn't. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of you. Uh, 
You make no sense. You make Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Shows better than this. <laughs> now, Bar, you can talk about Alien 3. Nazario, I know we're trying to save, like, some non-spoiler stuff, but please tell me that the first Alien is higher than this, at least. Because this movie, the prison system... Ha- the prison has an honor system. The prison has an honor system in this movie. Like, I don't think Bar saw what just happened. They have no weapons in the planet, man. Respect that. I didn't see what just happened, but like, fine. I missed out on something funny, but I don't like. I just don't. Nazario, I love you, buddy. You're a great dude. I love hanging out with you. But if you ever told me, hey, let's put on Alien 3, but the first <laughs> words out of my mouth would be, how about no? <laughs> Mike! Nazario, I love you, man. Go rewind those videotapes. It's a fucking movie, man. It's a fucking movie. We know what never... ranking that is, guys. <laughs> we know what ranking that. I have never seen this, but I assume Nazario is wrong. No, he's 100% wrong. Like, bad. Bad. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I'm just curious. What film is better than Alien 3? By a bit. By a bit. I'm putting Warrior at 84. I had that at last week's show. All right. So we get to talk about Warrior this week. Interesting. First one that gets to be revisited. All right, uh, since Nazario clearly had it higher, we're going to talk about this one now. Did you say by a smidge this is better than Bailey? (laughs) Just talk. talk. Gavin O'Connor is a great director. And this was the first movie of him I got to watch. Uh, Everything, all all the acting in this movie is great. Uh, From Nick Nolte as the father, and Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy as the brothers, who obviously are estranged. And cannot communicate with each other except now through actual fighting. Joel Edgerton has to fight for his life and Tom Hardy has to fight because he doesn't know anything else in life. Uh, The movie is very touching. Uh, The script is very, very personal. It grabs you, it makes you understand the situation these people are living through and why they have to resort to this way as the only way that they can become a family again. That last scene when, well, I don't, I don't know if we're doing spoilers, but the last scene of the movie, it makes me cry every single time. Uh, I, don't ha- I have a good relationship with my dad. Uh, we speak on the best of terms, but it, he had a lot of things in his life that I didn't agree with, and we had some rough patches in it, but I can see when someone is trying to do their best within their own capabilities. And that's what I feel from Nick Nolte trying his best with his limitations to fix his family, to be with his sons. And the way the brothers end the movie, I mean, I cry every single time. This movie, this movie is great. This movie is really perfect. Yeah, no, this movie is uh, fantastic. Uh, I am outspoken about the fact that uh, the one Rocky movie I've seen I don't like. This is how you make a movie about people beating the hell out of each other and make it really, really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, that final scene Nazario is talking about 
uh, just the moment Joel Edgerton starts just going like, I love you, immediately I'm like, oh, ooh, like it just hits you right in the heart and you're like, this is such a powerful moment. It's super well directed. The story's fantastic. Nick Nolte is great. Joel Edgerton's great. Tom Hardy is great. I just found this really, really interesting. And that's kind of crazy because I'm super not a sports movie guy. So, yeah. I wanted to see what I had it on Letterboxd, but apparently I watched it before I really gave a shit about Letterboxd. So I'm going to go back and watch it and read it. Uh, Warrior is amazing. Um, I am a huge Rocky fan. Um, don't you ever say that slander on this show again. Like I've only seen one of them. <laughs> Which one? Rocky. Well, that okay. Well, that's weird. Um, I can I can see some. This movie has. I'm kind of I'm kind of with Nazari a little bit. Like me and my dad didn't have the best relationship all the time um, growing up. I didn't agree, but like like Nick Nolte just trying to like reconcile. Like he's sorry for the things he did, and like sometimes bridges have been burned so far that sometimes they're just in certain people's eyes they're not fixable at certain points, and you don't understand why. But this sounds like a brother relationship that is, like, insane to me that shouldn't work. Like, like Kurt Angle is, like, the main, <laughs> the bad, the big baddie in this movie at one point. And then that's such a weird concept. But that final fight, and you know that, like, Hardy gets injured and he just, like, he just says stop. And they just keep going. And just to finish it, um... Because he won't lay down, he won't quit, he won't let it stop that way. But it's just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's probably my favorite combat sport movie ever. Um, like I like Creed a lot, but I think this movie has no like build up. Like this movie doesn't have a storyline of Adonis Creed like going through everything. This is just has this story, and I think it's amazing. Uh, Mike and uh, Bar, why do you hate like really good movies? Okay, uh, here it comes. Here it comes. Um, oh, you've seen Yankee Doodle Dandy and you've seen the original Sherbrooke, but you haven't seen Warrior. <laughs> I haven't seen Warrior yet. Doesn't get you a pass at all, but okay. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Huh? Not even a little bit of a pass, no. I no want pass. to see it, I just haven't seen it. I Still enjoy when you. I enjoy this movie. I it just doesn't have the connection I would want it to. It's a good fucking movie. It really is. It has great performances. Just like the parts you're talking about at the end, it just doesn't have that connection to me that I would want it to to really boost it up for me. But I think it is a good fucking movie. If if Tom Hardy would have got punched in the ribs and then he would have shit himself. <laughs> Higher or lower? I knew it was coming. No? Okay, we'll move on from that part. We're in the final threes, uh, so here we go. Bar, what is your 83? Uh, my number 83 is one I'm going to assume is going to get yikes. It's Psycho. Yikes. Yeah, I figured as much. Only one of you, though. Okay, wow. I thought it would be a nice uh, Cameron. I don't like horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> It's not horror. Okay. Um. Uh, but still, it's not. Uh, Mike, what's your eighty-three? Eighty-three. I have. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yikes. Oh, uh, that's kinda a yikes. Yeah, kind of yeah. figure. Cam, what's your? That 83? is the most surprising thing to me all night. 
my, we won't uh, have that. my 83 is a yikes from last week. My 83 is my cousin Vinny. Yeah, we get to talk about it. Yeah. Who else had it? it? That was me. I think Bar had because I believe everything Bar had that was yikes. I yikes. No yep. wonder I hate blockbuster video. All right, <laughs> family video all the way. Oh what? Okay, go ahead. No, uh, this movie is so hilarious. It is. It is one of the perfect examples of a fish out of water comedy where you have just this extremely casual New York man thrown into a the middle of uh the american south i want to say it's alabama and you also have him thrown into a incredibly formal courtroom and so just like everything's against him and he like is so used to just being himself and using that to get what he wants and they're like no you don't get to do that you have to play by our rules in our city and he like adapts but also learns to just like work around the rules where they're like, you got to get a new suit. And when he shows up and just like the like frilly, like dress tuxedo, almost it's just like, I mean, it's, it's still formal wear. And the judge is like, you're messing with me. You can't be doing this. No. And it's, it's just really fun. And then like the whole actual trial is really compelling. I've seen breakdowns of like how it actually functions within the legitimate legal system. And it actually holds up very well. Uh, I think it's really, really interesting. And I also really like Ralph Macchio. Yeah, this is my number hundred. Um, I, I know Cody's going to rate me for not having it higher but at least it's on my list uh i go to family video uh so this movie joe pesci gives one of the greatest comedic performances i've ever seen in my entire life um and marissa tomei oh my god she deserved that oscar i don't care what anybody says that comedy is hard comedy is really really hard to perform and for the two of them to give the performances that they gave is so amazing um and just like some of the great moments like the the deer monologue imagine you're a little deer and you're walking around to your water like i know i got it wrong but still and uh, fucking pull it uh <laughs> the everything this man just said is bullshit like it's great moments like that that are just they and it holds up so well because it doesn't try to be topical to the time it it holds its own um and it it ages you can rewatch it so often um uh, because of that my cousin Vinny is just one of the just greatest comedies ever made the two youths <laughs> uh yeah this this is my favorite comedy of all time um, this is my number one comedy. I think this movie is amazing. Uh, I have I have nothing. I have said my, a lot of things about this movie. I think the humor from Joe Pesci standing alone in this movie with Marissa Tomei, like their whole scene is like, oh, there's the me in the shower. Well, how did I miss this fucking key piece of evidence? <laughs> like he doesn't realize he's trying everything because he's lying through this entire process and trying to like get these people off. The whole scene where he goes in the jail and meets with the his best his cousin like his nephew's like friend he goes like sorry I'm sorry hey I hate this as much as you either way you're getting fucked and like what no uh, the comedic moments like when he wraps up the twenty dollar bill on the outside and has a bunch of ones under and just punches the shit out of him like 
it's just so much like in the breakdown i love courtroom dramas that like they literally go by witness by witness and his look i'm done with that one i'm done with that one like every time he gets one he's good to go um it's it's not i understand why it's not for everybody but this one is if i'm feeling like down in any way i can put my cousin video on and it literally lifts me up hundreds barely on your list i'm just gonna say that it's at the most teeter it could be uh nazario and mike I just thought about starting a fandom t- uh, team in this league called Family Video and rivaling you guys just off the top of my head. But we'll wait for that to come out. Uh, why didn't you guys have this? I always saw this movie once uh, around 1993, I think it is, that the movie came out. I was about 12 years old. I went to see it with my dad. He laughed. Okay. I thought I you got laid again. <laughs> no, no, no. I was too young for that. But uh, I thought I remember thinking that it was funny. I remember thinking that Joe Pesci was playing a character that was not what I usually saw him playing, and he was pretty good. And like everybody else, well, I guess not you guys. I was a, a little strange when I saw Marisa Tomei won the Oscar for this, but it's I haven't seen it again in like what. 28 years, it probably should rewatch it to have a better opinion of it. I love this fucking movie. This almost made my list. This is my favorite courtroom movie of all time. Joe Pesci and Melissa Tomei are amazing. The whole not sleeping joke throughout is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Up until he's in the fucking jail at the end of the movie. Like the suit thing, especially when he comes in the second time with his fucking leather jacket and he goes, Are you mocking me? <laughs> You know, are you serious about that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the comedian, and it's not only the jokes; it's their expressions, especially during the deer monologue when Marissa Tomei is delivering that. It just cuts to Joe Pesci with the greatest expression ever of not knowing what the fuck is happening and what he should say. But I love this movie. It's a great fucking movie. Bam! A fucking bullet rips half your head off. <laughs> Still so great. Um, hey, Bar, how does that make you an expert? <laughs> it doesn't. Cut. Four points. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we're on to... Uh, oh, Nazario, you're 83. Oh, my, my number 83 is the tragic story of the Maitland couple that tried to swerve to avoid a dog coming home from a trip and woke up on the other world. It's Biljus. Uh, that's going to be a yikes for me. <laughs> Far. 82. Uh, my 82. Oh, boy. Uh, gee, I wonder if anyone has this movie on their list. Uh, well, I guess I guess we're going to find out. Eh? Uh, it's, uh, it's a face in the crowd. Oh, gee, yeah, what a shocker. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, A Face in the Crowd. Uh, it's a movie directed by Elliot Kazan. It stars uh, Walter Matthau and Andy Griffith, giving this incredibly dark dirty evil performance but it's such a rich story about this one guy that gets his break when he's recorded singing a song in a prison and just having that moment just skyrocket him into being like the biggest influential pop culture icon of the times and having that influence lead into like political influences. Uh, 
Nazario, <laughs> put that phone down. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, you kind of see how much of a dirty, rotten individual that he actually is. Just, like, just tearing apart just the lives of everyone around him. Um, Andy Griffith in this movie is just absolutely stunning in this performance. Uh, and th- honestly, this this is a movie that I wasn't expecting much when I first watched it. And it gripped me from the moment that the opening like scene happened. Th- this movie is intense. It's got an amazing, amazing climax. Um, yeah, this this movie is whew, this this is a great movie. I I just love when you're like, oh, it's got the director of this, blah blah blah. It's like, oh, that one, no, still <laughs> the um, guy who it's the guy who did on the waterfront, and it's car named Desire. Still, but I was like, oh, this one, yeah, I will, no, no, um. I'll check it out. It sounds interesting. It has Matthau, so that's one of my top comedic actors. Um, I don't know if it's much of a comedy, but (laughs) I would like to see him do more of a dark role. That would be kind of neat, or like a more dramatic role. So, yeah, I'll check that one out. I will give you a pass on that one. Um, Everybody else, you all seemed very intrigued when he brought this up. You were were so close to yikes, but you just missed. (laughs) So why did this not make your list? I haven't seen this movie. Okay. Keep the train rolling. I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> okay, there it is. I've seen this movie, but again, it was... I even think before high school, so I do not remember it. So it could be that I, at this point, haven't seen it because I do not remember it. <laughs> Fair enough. I was just about to go let my dog inside, but then I was like, wait a minute. They're all going to say I haven't seen it. So, hey, Mike, what's your 82? Oh, boy. 82? Now, I know everyone's seen this movie, so let's keep the train rolling here. It's 1981's Possession. Oh. Right? Exact exact expressions that I had, too. Wrong. (laughs) So, you went to <laughs> it's Sam Neill in a great performance. He's getting his w- wife is divorcing him. They're having marriage problems. She ends up in a extramarital affair with this other guy, which I cannot think of the actress's name uh, that plays his wife, but she's amazing in this. And he starts going a little nuts when he finds out about the affair. He's trying to figure out what's going on, who it is. When he approaches it, this guy ends up knowing fucking karate for some strange reason and kicks the shit out of him, which is amazing. It's fucking incredible that he just, out of nowhere, beats the shit out of him. And it's a different role for Sam Neill, especially like, coming off, like, the way he portrays it is very low. Um, He's very subtle with his performance. And then he finds out that she is fucking a monster. A literal monster. Get ready, folks. You thought Bubba Hotep was fucking crazy? You have not seen anything yet. She is fucking an actual monster in this movie. 
and it just turns up and gets fucking insane afterwards. The last half of this movie is batshit nuts. This monster's killing people while she's fucking helping and killing people. This monster is consuming these people to stay alive. And every time that they come back to her and the monster, she goes, he can't really get up right now because she, he's been busy fucking me all night, so he's too tired. That's how she describes it. She ends up having... This is the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen. She has this abortion in this tunnel. <laughs> it gets fucking nuts. Save it for the people that haven't seen it. What the? When did this yeah. movie come out? 81. 81. And I won't give away the ending, but the ending is fucking amazing. Watch this fucking movie. It is incredible. It's a great fucking movie. I like how you turn your camera back on, too. <laughs> 80s um, was not a safe time. It wasn't a safe time for people. <laughs> I like Bubba Hotap a little bit more because it had an interesting name. Possession, I figured I knew what I was getting. Nope. Didn't realize that was going to be the movie. Um, how many people have seen Possession? Hey, Mike, is this in Shutter? <laughs> no, this is unfortunately not on Shutter. <laughs> no. I've heard really great things about this movie, to be honest with you, but I've just never planned on watching it. <laughs> but you know what, Mike? We talked about this on the last episode. You're such a good salesman that uh, I might have to at least check out the trailer. <laughs> surprise, you. surprise. He I haven't seen it. I won't watch it. He just sold you a shithole in the middle of Detroit. With no walls. Monster. What? Cut your hair and get a real job, Azaria. Okay, let's go to Cam and get uh, go to eighty-two. My number eighty-two is dope. It's oh. not a description. It's the name of the movie. <laughs> well done. Well done. I had a feeling it's probably not on anyone's list. Doubt anyone's seen this movie. Um, Dope is a movie that came out in 2015, I believe, directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, it stars Shamik Moore, uh, who you would probably know best for voicing Miles Morales in Spider-Man: Spider-Verse, uh, as well as Tony Revolori, uh Zoe Kravitz is in there, Kiersey Clemens. Uh, it's just a really fun, interesting, like crime coming of age movie. Where basically it's about uh, Shamik Moore plays this young guy who's growing up in like a like an underprivileged neighborhood and the night before uh his interview uh his alumni interview to go to Harvard he ends up getting caught up in like an issue with a gang where at a party someone fills his backpack full of drugs and goes you have to sell these or else you're going to get killed and he essentially goes like I am not like a gangster anyway I am a nerd uh like they're just complete nerds and they're like we got to get into crime in 24 hours and also i still have my interview to get into harvard today and it's just like really fun it's really quirky uh shamik moore and tony revelori are both fantastic in it uh zoe kravitz is amazing in it it's just a really really fun time it's got great comedy it's got great drama uh yeah i doubt anyone's seen it no i i saw this when it came to theaters um I thought it was a really good story. Uh, it's definitely underseen. I would I would suggest um, more people check it out. It's um, it's a fantastic story. Honestly, I didn't think I would like it um, when I saw it. Was my theater only had eight screens, and when we heard we were getting dope, 
I was like, what? what? <laughs> and then I looked at, and then I watched it and thought it was fantastic. I think, I think it's one of those underrated movies from that year that people don't talk about still that more people need to go check out. hundred percent. Good choice, Kim. Yeah. Um, anybody else on dope? Honestly, this is a movie that I had planned on seeing in theaters, but it wasn't. It was only playing at like one theater near me, and I didn't get to see it. And, and then I you said, have... "Fuck it, I'm not watching it." <laughs> there. I got burned. I'm not going to get burned a second time. If you can't see it in the theater, don't see it at all. That's what movies are about nowadays. That's exactly what movies are about. I saw Facing the Crowd back in 1957. <laughs> I I just want to know, is it? You know, dope. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is dope. It is a dope okay. movie. I'll, I'll check it out. I haven't seen. It. It's not on Shutter though. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I I managed to stream it on CTV, which is like Canada's version of like NBC. So. <laughs> I watched this movie while I was watching doing other stuff, so I didn't get to see all of it. But the parts I did see, I really enjoyed. So I definitely want to go back and actually watch this all the way through. It's, it's, it's great. Um, <laughs> I watched this movie while I was taking a shower. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, Mike just logs every damn thing. Right? He's, just doing, he's cooking dinner. He's traveling somewhere, but he just puts on the audio. Yeah, that's how you fucking see so many movies, you bastard. Um, 82, Nazario. I can just imagine. <laughs> One of my favorite childhood characters of all time is Peter Pan. And Peter Pan has been done in a million different ways. Very, very different interpretations. But my favorite Peter Pan version is PJ Hogan's 2003's Peter Pan. It's a live action adaptation where Jason Isaac plays Captain Hook. And the movie is, is great. The actors, the young actors, Jeremy Sumter and Rachel Hurtwood, both of who were really, really good child actors and will come up in my list later in other movies, just hit the notes of Peter Pan and Wendy so perfectly that they make the whole thing work. This movie shouldn't really work in 2003 after a lot of versions of Peter Pan have been done before. Some good, some so-so. Some were exploring the early stories, some were exploring later stories. This is just a basic Peter Pan tale. He goes to the house of the darlings, he picks up the kids, and he takes them to Neverland, and they defeat Captain Hook. And it's such a perfect version of this that it hits every single minute that it's on screen that, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely my favorite overall version of this story. And Jake agrees with me. He will tell you, because I think P.A. Hogan is Australian. I'm not sure, though. So me and Coho weren't sure which Peter Pan you were referring to. Interesting choice. I can't say I hate the choice because I honestly don't think you can. I think you can do a lot better than the Disney animation of uh, Peter Pan. Um, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not great. Um, <laughs> it's kind of racist, uh, but. Uh, this one I actually really like. I, and I, I'm a big fan of Jason Isaacs. I think he plays the perfect villain in everything he's ever written. I think it's great. Um, so I've seen this movie one time. I remember liking it, but also like 
I was like 12, so this movie was probably the shit when I was 12, but then I grew up. So I'll go back and check it out. I'll probably show it to my kids and see what they think, because um, they were not a fan of the old Peter Pan. Um, so, yeah, good choice, I think. We'll find out. Better I can now confirm that PJ Hogan is indeed Australian. <laughs> Thank good you for that. Um, is it PJ Hogan to Paul Hogan? That's what I was just about to ask. <laughs> is not, is, is, PJ, is PJ Hogan Paul Hogan? <laughs> no. He's Benjamin Button. Okay, um, let's uh, go around. Has anybody seen the 2013 Peter Pan? 2003. 2003, what did I say? 2013. 2013. Oh, sure. <laughs> did Pan come out close to that time? <laughs> Pan was 2015, but yeah. Okay, well, like, yeah, uh, going for a split second. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Have you seen this one? Anybody? No. I'm Go literally watching it next week. <laughs> he's he's got his movies planned out weeks like uh, five on this one, <laughs> fourteen on this one, fourteen on this one. I'm taking a massive shit on this one, so only four, but we'll see. Um, okay, uh, bar. This surprised us. Final I'm movie looking. Of the week. What was that? Final movie of the week, Barmic. <laughs> oh God, that's way yeah, too much pressure. Is. I'm gonna be honest. This I'm looking over my entire list right now. <clears throat> this might be, possibly, at least in the top five, the most bar picks imaginable. <laughs> Wait, uh, what? I thought you did that. No, 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 no. This this one's in like the top five, if not number one, because it's a musical. It's from the 70s. It's about American history. Yeah, I knew it. I knew exactly what movie it's, it's in. It's 1776, baby! Yep. This movie is so much fun to watch especially on the 4th of July over in America um, USA, <laughs> USA. <laughs> um, William Daniels <laughs> no it's not Coho you take that down right now I don't care if you're running this show <laughs> uh, William Daniels as uh, John Adams uh, it, it's a magnificent musical masterpiece of a performance. Yes, Mr. Feeney plays the second president of the United States, John Adams. Trash president. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. But, uh, honestly, he he is so... The point of John Adams in this movie is that he's obnoxious and disliked by the other members of Congress. But William Daniels is it in such a way that you really like him as a character, and you understand. And the writing, <coughs> and the and the uh, and the writing makes you understand where this character is coming from, why he has why he has these opinions that he's so vocal about, and the things like that. The songs are really fun. The opening song is one of the best opening songs ever in a musical. Basically, everyone. It's basically just telling every uh, everyone telling John Adams to shut the fuck up and sit down. Uh, and it's got some of the, just the grandest, most American songs in a musical ever. Uh, and really, really beautiful cinematography. So with the uh, seventeen seventy six, 
I'm muted. Just for a uh, correction, uh, they're not related, Paul Hogan. And <laughs> they're both, they're both Is that why your age. camera was off the entire time? Yeah, uh, I was looking it up. Um, plus, I have heard this take before. Whatever. I think it's... Go watch Hamilton. It's already out. It'll be the way better musical, I promise you that. Yeah, it came out uh, five months ago. And we've already watched it 14,000 times. So, um, it's been the last 20 multiplex watch ones. <laughs> at least me and Coho backstage on our own calls watching it together. I have so. definitely watched Hamilton 80,000 times. It has replaced Pirates as my favorite movie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, whatever. Um, I've seen this movie one time in like drama class, and I thought it was okay. Never made me want to go back and rewatch it. Um, I really think you should, Cody. If I'm going to watch something on uh, the 4th of July, it's going to be Independence Day. Um, that's all I got to say about that. That's fucking America. Now, if this had a what speech more in it, than the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Fucking defending them from alien invasion, you bitch. With Will Smith as a fighter jet pilot. Get out of my face. Let's go, America. Um,. USA. USA. I, it's weird how American you are. Like, I, I get, are you from? You're from Phil. That makes a little more sense. You're still wrong. Okay. Uh, who's seen 1776? I have a question. Yeah. Is this the movie where Adam 11, Channel 6, and Heinz 57 travel in time from 2076, trying to get to 1776, but accidentally get to 1976? No. Then I haven't seen it. I. I... <laughs> Is that another thing a movie? <laughs> the spirit of 76 is great! That, that fucking thing sounds like a great fucking movie. That sounds like a movie that Mike would love. I think he's not the latest, but you should watch it anyway. <laughs> Alright, uh, Camp. I have not seen this. I haven't seen it either. USA. 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 Okay, um, Mike. That's your last one for the week. Make it count. Okay, so I got the director of the family drama, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Cooper, and Steven Spielberg's Poltergeist. I love the hell out of this movie. It's about a little boy that climbs a scary-ass tree, and a scary-ass tree and a clown doll decide to try to fucking kill him because fuck that little bastard for climbing the tree. <laughs> it's not really about, It has that in there, but that's not what this movie's about. It's about the little girl, Carol Ann, sitting too close to the television set, so a poltergeist pulls her through the fucking television set because you're not supposed to stand close to the fucking TV. Don't worry <laughs> about that either. She actually gets pulled through a closet. But I love the hell out of this movie. Craig T. Nelson is amazing. While he goes searching for Carol Ann when she goes missing, it makes Speed look like a ride to Grandma's house. It's amazing how he fucking searches for her. I love this movie. This movie's incredible. It has the Spielberg feel to it through and through. There are many stories of could have been directed by him or not. No one will ever know the truth of that, more than likely, what will come out. But everything about this I love. And the the whole horror story of what happened with this franchise with some of the actresses and actors is so depressing and so insane. But this movie, it, again, it has Zelda Rubenstein which is amazing. You don't call Ghostbusters. You call her, and she's going to take care of business, TCB. She's going to get that little girl back, and I love it because a part in the movie, she literally says, do not go into the light, 
tells the mother to go get the daughter in the light. She goes in and goes, now go towards the light. <laughs> she fucking confuses the shit out of people. I love it. This movie's amazing. Heather Work as Carol Ann is an amazing kid's performance there. She is incredible in this movie. I love everything about this. This is a perfect horror horror comedy to me. This is comedy as well in there. I love this movie. It's a fucking great movie. Um, would you say on May 21st of 2020, you rewatched this movie and you said it's a great fucking movie. Do you still stand by that in December? <laughs> yes, I do. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, this movie, no. I like the television. I stayed away from this. Uh, that scared the shit out of me. I don't even think grabbing me through the TV on the past. I haven't watched it. Didn't watch the remake either, so I don't know how that one is. But I didn't. I didn't hear great things about. Hear great things about it. So um, sure, I'll take. If you like horror, go by Mike's standards. Poltergeist, great fucking movie. They confuse a kid. Um, who has seen Poltergeist? I have seen Nazari. Yeah, Nazari. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about it. I went to Universal Studios Florida's Halloween Horror Nights when they had the Poltergeist house. And I went with my sister-in-law. We were the only two people there. And I had to convince her that it was not going to be that fucking scary because, I mean, it's just a haunted house. So we walked through it, and the fucking clown, the fucking clown jumped out in front of me. I thought I was going to see what he was coming, and he fucking scared the shit out of me. So when we went outside, he was like, it wasn't so bad. And I was holding it in because I did pee a little on my pants. But it was an amazing experience. It felt like I was writing the freaking movie. We even went through the swimming pool into the TV. The movie, amazing. The haunted house, scary. <laughs> Bar, you haven't seen this? Nope. Cam, yeah, okay, cool. Take a wild uh, guess. <laughs> well, Cam, you get to hit us with 81, then. Uh, yeah. My number 81 is 12 Angry Men. Yikes. Yeah, I assumed that was going to happen. Cool. It's been fun. Shut up. Shut up. Don't do that. That's disrespectful. Nazario, what is your 81? My 81 is one of the best animated movies not made by Disney of all time. From one director that had so much promise and then he crapped her all away in the 90s, Don Blue. The little story of a widowed little mouse that it just has to move her cinder block house from one side to the farm to the other so the farmer doesn't destroy it. It's the secret of Nim. No one else has this, correct? No. Okay, just double checking. All right, go. This movie is based on a, on a children's book, and but it does diverge a little from it. And it's actually, it, it does it in, in interesting ways because she lost her husband uh, because he just disappeared. And she needs to somebody to help her move her house. So she goes to the great owl who tells her to go looking for the rats of Nim. And the movie then turns on its head because it results like Nim is the National Institution for Mental Health, where they were experimenting. Uh, I think it was an Alzheimer's cure on rats that had the side effect of made rats and her dead husband very intelligent. So she secretly finds an underground society of rats who are having moral discussions because since they are now smart and they can find uh, 
find their own food and work for themselves, they don't know if it's right to keep stealing from the farmer. It's not the kind of conversation that you expect from a children's movie in the early 80s, but it is, it is amazing. The animation is beautiful. The story develops in unexpected ways. And you really get to feel for Mrs. Brisby and, and her plight. And when you discover what really happened to her husband and why he was he disappeared, it, it's a, just a beautiful little movie. And Don Blood did a great job in this one. Yeah, this movie's fantastic. Um, it's, it's. I think this was one of those ones that was like made for kids, but it's like for adults just as much. Like those are one of the first ones out there. I really enjoyed this. It's one of the earlier uh, cartoons that I watched growing up, and me and my sister used to watch it all the time. Um, this and uh, Five Little Bills West, The American Tale, like that is just like. Those are the two movies that I kind of grew up on, besides like the Disney stuff. It's a really good choice at 81. I really like that choice. Um, did, has everybody else seen this movie? Far. I think that Don Bluth is one of the best animators ever. Um, and I think this is probably his magnum opus uh, when it comes to his movies. The lighting and the shadows that he uses in this movie is so brilliant. I think this is a great movie. Yeah, uh, I've seen this. I have. I saw this when I was like fairly young, and I think what Cody said about like kids can watch it, but it's for adults is why I don't necessarily love this movie. Is just because like I watched it when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it since. And I think it's more the adult like adult style pacing for an animated movie. So I just never really fell in love with it as a kid and I haven't gone back to rewatch it. Mike. I have not seen this, unfortunately, so I cannot say anything. Wow. It's animated. I I will just add one thing. Do not watch Timmy to the rescue. Do not <laughs> just, just watch the first movie and end it. And Eric Idle is the villain. <laughs> All right, guys, we have made it to another episode a little bit longer than last week, but no big deal with that one. Uh, we're keeping good pace. Uh, so, bars uh, 90 through 81 was. Uh, a lot of them patriotic. Well, I'll tell you, if he says something USA, about America, he'll put USA, it on there. USA, um, USA. USA. <laughs> yeah, so overall, good list. Again, I don't judge him for this list. Um, Mike, uh, we went on a fucking journey with Mike this week. Um, um, I, 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 some of these I don't believe are so real. Um, that's fine, though. Um, don't watch anything. <laughs> don't watch 81, 82, 84, 85. Watch the 83. But we ain't talked about that yet. Next, we got Cam. Um, we'll talk about some of these later. He has some definite him picks, but he also has some really good ones. National Treasure, my cousin Vinny. So good choices all around. Nazario. Better than last week, I will say, but you still had Alien 3. You really? the actual <laughs> Wow, you said Little Shop of Horrors is worse than Alien 3. And worse we'll than talk Rocky about Horror that Picture in Show. several weeks. That's fair. 
Um, okay, thank you everybody for tuning in. We will be back. Oh yeah, sorry, Toppy Ike's uh, still carrying on. This is now going to two pages uh, because there's a lot of crossovers. Um, Nazario winning the race with le- the least amount of yikes. How? I have no idea with Mike on the panel, but uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, so join us next week when we do. Uh, 80 through 71 uh we're we're getting a groove i think we're heating up and some punches may be thrown next week i'm not sure but we'll get there uh i thought rocky horror picture was going to burn the show down <laughs> who knows what's coming tune in next week thanks guys I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. You got a lot of problems, don't you? Oh, it's good to be back. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You can't handle the truth.